0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast. Is that right? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast. I am your co-host, Jerry Liu. And before we get to our filthy business, it is my great pleasure, nay, honor to bring in our co-host, my other better half. But at the same time, he is our CEO, founder, creator, HMFIC for From the Back Tees, which is our website. And, uh, as the late, great Philip Hoffman said in the movie Twister, boom, it came from his brain. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a big round of applause wherever you're sitting. If you're driving, just do it discreetly. Zach Pencer, everybody.
1: Hey, guys. Thanks, uh, Jerry. Great intro there for episode one. Uh, one. just, Just want to thank the few of you who are listening to this thing, and I guess I'll give you guys a quick rundown on everything. So, to check us out, you guys could go to fromthebacktease.com or reach out to us through Twitter. And I just wanted to thank the Michigan Sports and Entertainment guys for having us on their podcasting network, so you could check out all their podcasts, which I'm sure we'll be plugging in the future. And then uh, I'll let Jerry give an introduction of himself, and then I'll introduce myself and the other guys we got. So, yeah, thank you, Zach.
0: Um, I just kind of bumped into Zach on Twitter back in mid December. I was uh, farting around at the Caddy Shack because I'm currently employed full time as a caddy at Bandon Noons Golf Resort in Bandon, Oregon, USA. There's really a lot more to me personally, but that's not really what this is about. We can get to that, as I'm sure we will randomly and keyword organically as we go about things, but. Here I am just out in the smoke pit hanging out and uh, start BSing with this website. Not a person, this website. And next thing you know, I follow him and I get this big, long personal message. And I just kind of throw one back to him saying, uh, hey, I like your stuff. Uh, how's about? Uh, I could do a thing or two here or there. And I have no writing experience whatsoever. I have green grass and corporate golf experience. I've had cart barn boy up to uh, assistant professional and caddy all and everything in between. But, uh, when it came to writing, nothing, nothing save for a creative writing class I took as a junior in high school. And I really kind of took that just because I need to fill up time. But Zach was nice enough to bring me on. And then I think it was about two weeks into it. I forget how the context of the conversation, it came up, but he just essentially said, Hey, well, it's just you and me in this. So, so that kind of took me, it kind of, it kind of shocked me. It kind of blew me away in a good regard, but it also made sure that I uh, don't screw around too hard and make sure we're dedicated and stay in our lane on this. So, uh. But I guess uh, I was number two to your Dr. Evil. And who else do we got on our uh, on our squad?
1: So, yeah, we got, I guess for myself, I'm from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, way up north, way too cold this time of year. And uh, we got our in-house Tiger expert. We got Nolan. He's out in Portland, pretty close to you. Then we got... Yeah,
0: it's uh, five hours south of me, as a matter of fact. Yeah, not too bad. Then we got our... Or north uh, of me, I'm sorry.
1: <clears throat> Our Kiwi Craig, who's living in Ireland, he's writing a lot of the tournament reviews, as you guys could see. And then, last but not least, we have Shane from my country of Canada. He's from New Brunswick and he's writing a lot of editorial stuff, a lot of interesting articles for sure. I know last week he wrote one on all the guys who had been ranked number one in the world and he ranked them. Found that very interesting. And we're going yeah, to as they out. would.
0: As they'd say, it was a smashing piece across the pond
1: there. Yeah, exactly.
0: So, and uh, also, folks, bear with us. Uh, we've never podcasted before, at least I haven't. I don't think Zach has. This nope. is we're doing this over Skype. Like, I just took a picture of my digs. My podcast studio over here is on my dryer. I'm sitting on a little bar stool and with everything laid out on top of it. That's that's my studio going here. But uh, but essentially, we know that. We're going to have music, we're going to have segment formatting, we're going to have some sex segues and bumper music and intros and outros and all sorts of things like that, but we do want to hit the ground running with basically, I don't want to use the term mission statement ever, but our vision for what we want to do for everybody, and also at the same time, we want to include everybody on the ground floor right away, but Zach, I want to ask you before we get into really golf-related stuff, because that's why we're here, is um. What uh, What's your relationship with podcasts, really?
1: So, I guess I've been a pretty big fan of podcasts the last few years. I guess sports-wise, I guess I'm a big, pretty big barstool sports fan, and that's, I guess, where the edginess comes from and the humor. And then, of course, I listen to Joe Rogan, and uh, I guess those guys, they take up a huge amount of time. So, how about you? It's, they...
0: they that's a lot of content from those guys. I'd say it probably takes up about 50% of what you can just get on a weekly basis. Um, yeah, right. I've dabbled with Joe Rogan a little bit. Um, I've really, I've been listening to podcasts for about nine, 10 years now, and I've been kind of listening to Adam Crow since day one. that was just based off a recommendation from an ESPN author. And he said, uh, that at the time, and this was nine years ago, that Adam Carolla is the Guinness Book of World Records, most downloaded podcast. And that's mostly because when he lost his radio job in LA, he essentially became the Howard Stern of podcasting where every single person under the sun has a podcast. I mean, hey, look at us. But everyone does it like once or twice a week. He does it five days a week, and he's been doing that 52 weeks for the past 10 years. So, <clears throat> excuse me. His shows are like two one-hour segments. They got lots of advertising. It's real slick, real sexy. Um, but I'm one of those guys who always lived with like an ear earbud in, always listening to podcasts or sports radio. And when it came to golf, they're really just – wasn't I don't want to be too brazen I don't want to overlook anybody, but then I'm not certainly I'm a fraud. I'm not saying I'm better than anyone else, but there certainly wasn't anyone who just hit it in between. Like I like Barstool, but <clears throat> at least they're admitted, like self ignorance is self. They're self aware of it, so to speak. But at the same time, they lead so many people to start casually with poor information that just enrages me that I can't listen anymore. And then on the flip side, you got the no laying up guys who are amazing. I love those guys, but. They're more so, like, on the hipster side of things where the second they invent a term and then you try and trip it back at them the next week, they're already, like, rolling their eyes and saying they're over it. Like, they're so smug with their golf, which I enjoy because they're intellectual at it. But, I mean, there's just got to be something right in between. I mean, and I figure no better than, like, just taking an average approach at it uh, from our perspective. Also, considering this is our first podcast, we have, quote-unquote, like, fan slash listener questions we want to get to at the end i mean i don't think too many people will be able to say they can do that on their first podcast ever but we got a few from twitter and i got one from facebook myself here so i guess
1: before you get to that i'd point out this is actually not our first podcast it's our second podcast the first one we don't have much audio well
0: we have we we have half the audio and i deleted my copy because yes correct we were so we're going to try and do, give this to you weekly, and uh, obviously it helps if we drop it anywhere between a Monday, to, uh, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday between the, the ending and the beginning of each golf tournament. So last night, myself and Mr. Pencer here got on Skype and proceeded to record our first podcast ever, and we even advertised it. Everything was, went swimmingly. We hit our nut on the time, and everything went perfect. And I even admitted, I'm like, hey, not bad considering this is the third time he and I have ever really dialogued, not counting like text message or Twitter, and uh, and then, yeah, uh, he sends me the file, and um, it, he was just talking to himself, really. I mean, it was very, it was very one-sided. Uh, he didn't get any argument uh, to anything he said. I mean, nope, yeah, I, I thought didn't. he was taking a nap half the time, honestly.
1: <laughs> no input. <laughs> and yeah, no
0: co-host. Your co-host wasn't even there.
1: <laughs> no, exactly. But, uh, yeah, that'll be uh, – I still have the copy. So one day, if people want to listen to my one-sided <laughs> conversation, we got that.
0: And you know what, I mean, we know that we can edit and and change things in the end, but uh, the best part was, because I mean, not that we have to do it this way, organic is always my uh, code word to everything, Uh, we just kind of hit, like, rolled the tape, and then just kept going for 45, 60 minutes, and then just stopped tape, like, we didn't have to, like, do a whole, like, wait, stop, I got nervous, or wait, I don't know what to talk about, or, like, I I do remember distinctly my brain freezing up at one point, and I just kind of sat there, like, looking at you, like, yeah... Yeah, I was like Paul I was like Paul Rudd for getting Sarah Marshall. I'm just like, Kudu, go get help. I'm like, yeah.
1: Yeah, a lot of respect yeah. to these podcasters. <laughs> Once you do it well, yourself, you realize it's not so easy.
0: And that's also, I'm, uh,
1: the key word you said there is
0: yourself is, I know there's going to be a lot of criticism and a lot of counter opinion or whatever uh, based off of what we say. And I'm okay with that. I ultimately look at this as going to be a lot of fun learning process and therapeutic and cathartic for at least us i mean and if anyone else like i mean it it just it can be what it can be like like you said even if we only have 10 people on the ground floor and that's the only floor of our building well so be it i mean that's uh we'll have a good time and and you people out there know who you are captain kramer
1: (laughs) that's right we'll give you guys (laughs) the best product
0: (laughs) so um Anywho, we're going to try and... Uh, so this is Tuesday. We uh, record an episode last night, and so this is, like, episode 1.5, and uh, we just got done having the Arnold Palmer Invitational, where Frankie Fievel Mol- Molinari there uh, got a uh, nice little eight-under, uh, stole the victory, and was starting to become, if you're not named Tiger Woods or Matt Every or Chad Campbell or one other American I can't think of right now, you have to be international this century to win that tournament. Otherwise, you're not allowed, evidently. So, I mean, and if... if I saw a great I saw a great poll on Twitter uh, actually just today that was saying like what's Rory's problem and there were four choices on there and one of them wasn't can't putt and I'm like that's all it is he just, <laughs> just has a little he just ball can't putt right he hits it close that's every a, time oh my God he is aces like he doesn't he's not choking I I don't even know what to call it maybe it is choking I don't know I just look at it like oh he's just you know if you're two inches off the whole time you're tapping in for par instead if you're just that far off and he's just that far off all the time I mean. But anywho, um, we're not gonna. That's probably all the we're gonna cover from the Arnold Palmer. Uh, we'll give you a quick shakedown of the Players Championship at Sawgrass. Then we'll, like I said, get to those uh, uh, listeners slash fan email questions, what have you. Uh, real quick, how can our fans listen to us? There's uh, so many podcasting platforms out there, and you can just throw it up on iTunes, just like willy nilly or whatever. We have a good partnership with you said that Michigan Sports Entertainment Company. Uh, can you say, uh, elaborate a little more about that? And then we can talk about where the, uh, people can email us or catch us on Twitter and then we can get into the golf business.
1: Yeah. So we're going to be the exclusive golf podcast for the Michigan sports and entertainment. And you'll be able to check that out on their site at Sports And then as well, we're obviously keeping it in house. So you'll be able to find it on from the We're going to have a whole category <laughs> just for podcasts and media. And then, uh, Not this episode, but next week, we're going to have it up on iTunes and Spotify where you'll be able to find it under the From the Back Tees page, and that should make it a lot easier for people to subscribe and see what the new one as it comes out each week.
0: And that won't be an issue, I take it, for people who, uh, like, because obviously we want people to listen to the material before the tournament kicks off. I mean,
1: yeah, it'll be out by Wednesday. I don't want
0: to make my I don't want to make my picks, and then they become public on Sunday. I mean, that would be a great world to live in, but that's just not what we do here.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be nice, and we could edit them, you know. I had Molinari last week. No biggie.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, see, I thought I thought I mentioned him, but I didn't. I, I remember seeing him on... I, I remember when I was projecting... Honest, honest to goodness, I was projecting my top ten through a, a certain type of algorithm I work, and I swear to God, he was in the top ten, and I just ignored him. I, I literally... I almost typed out loud. Why is he in the top ten? Next, and then, pow! He cracks off a sixty-four in the final round and just greases the field. And I don't know. I like Bay Hill though. I mean, aside from Riviera, Bay Hill is my favorite over and over. I mean, it, it was on it, it was on every a lot of Tiger Woods games uh, on the PlayStation yeah, platform that's for it Sony. Knows it. It was on a lot of computer games, on desktop computer games in the mid to late 90s. That's where I learned it from when you only had like choose four courses. It was like all the Arnold Palmer courses, like some in Pennsylvania, some in Florida or something like that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I dig the Arnold Palmer. I just, uh, I don't have cable TV. It's kind of a bummer right now. But uh, I, that's uh, it's one of the tournaments that I wish I didn't miss. Much unlike the tournament that's coming up, I don't care what people call it fifth major, my Heineken, I don't I don't think it's the fifth major. It's got the big purse, as as we know, but...
1: Yeah. Before we get there, though, I guess I have one question for you that I was wondering about the Arnold Palmer. Did you catch the DA points hole-in-one?
0: I uh, I saw it in print. I didn't... Um... Yeah, so he
1: gave a little oh, pose and, 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 after it. Yeah,
0: somebody, somebody was doing, like, some, like, he, not saying he became a gif or a meme or something like that, but, I mean, it was... Uh, Oh God. Like his caddy was like oh man. It was something about his caddy. I I forget.
1: Yeah, he gave some whole apology though, and I don't know about you, but to me that that seems crazy that he had to apologize like he was disrespecting the sport. He wasn't like throwing his club or anything. Huh.
0: He, I guess shoot. I need to, I need to catch up. Uh
1: so I guess the people uh, I'm watching not this could let to know up. what you think. If I'm crazy <laughs> for thinking. As,
0: well, as soon as we're done with this, uh, I'll once we get off the blower here, I'll uh, definitely hit up Twitter and see what's going on. I'm, I'm tempted to look at my phone to do stuff right now, but at the same time, I can't stop clicking this damned pen that's next to me. So I'm trying to. I'm trying no, yeah, to keep we it. need
1: to. We need to keep this one. We can't lose time too. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll just do it again, I guess. Um,
0: so. Uh, do you want to get any plugs about yourself in? I mean, I know at the end of this, we were going to talk about like how people can contact us, but I, it's easy for me to say, you can just find me on Twitter,
1: Yeah, Twitter at
0: Jerry Lou Looper one. That's that's at Jerry Lou Looper one. Cause I was clicking too fast and Jerry Lou Looper was taken and, uh, it said one, and I guess I said, okay, so it's not very professional sounding, but I mostly use that Twitter account to promote people requesting me as a caddy at Band and Dunes, so I can get work. And believe you me, uh, that's paid off at least more than minimum. I mean, I, I've gotten uh, a few requests and some down the road, like this one fellow requested me up it, like in December on my birthday. Thomas Clement. Shout out. He, uh, he's uh, just calm your tits down, Thomas. We'll have a good time. But the things you're talking about, whew, I mean, my God. I'm I'm excited. I, I'm excited, don't get me wrong, but that's uh, I, I'm getting gray and I'll be an old man by then. So but anyways, that that being said, Twitter's the only thing I mean, I got a Facebook, but that's essentially become just like my Rolodex right now if I ever need to get a hold of somebody. And Twitter is really all I'm on, and then we got our company emails, but uh, what's how can people find you the easiest or mix yeah, it up with so you?
1: I guess we have a we have a Facebook and Instagram, but more for the sake of just having one out there and we will keep posting it. So we're gonna keep posting on Facebook and Instagram, but our main way to reach us will be through Twitter. Uh, you got our From the Back Tees account, which I'm actually running, and you could send us a DM there. We're always answering. We'll look to answer about as quickly as we could. And then our whole team—you could check them out on Twitter. And to find their tweets, you're gonna go if you go to the About Us on our website. You'll find all their emails and Twitter Twitter handles there.
0: Yeah, I haven't, I haven't been on the about us part in so long since we took on a few new faces here. I mean, I remember I was just sending you another copy of my about me and I'm just like, just use something. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even care anymore.
1: <laughs> now we got all all of them set up there with the emails and Twitter handles that you could reach out to all of us. The whole team's great, you know.
0: It's, it's really cool, like, uh, building like a basketball style ensemble or team where it's just like American style football and baseball. It's still a little too, like, PC and party. It's kind of like with, uh, with basketball, it's kind of like you know, a lot of people compare it to jazz, but it's very fluid. It's like music. You got to have like the right amount of instruments, but not too many. And everyone has to have their time and everyone has to be able to do their thing that's unique, but also important and necessary at the same time. So,
1: Yeah, and I guess just send us your, your feedback and any questions you have. You know, We're not too big to be ignoring your questions. We're going to respond oh, yeah. to everyone.
0: If I, if I don't get back to you folks, I, I live on uh, the West Coast time, Pacific Coast time for America. Wow, great grammar, Jerry. Um, Pacific Standard Time. That's where I live. It's like something off of Zulu and something off Greenwich Mean. I don't care. Anyways, the point is I usually am up at 5 a.m. every morning, and I'm much like our president. I'm usually like sitting on the toilet for about 20 minutes not doing anything just really just sitting there just hanging out
1: just tweeting and like uh him.
0: yeah it's you know like the bright lights the warmth in there it kind of wakes me up i guess you know <laughs> play a little uh play a little words with friends or something i don't even have words with friends that's just a an app oh, on my phone anyways <laughs> um but yeah I, I usually i try to mix up with people and uh we're all pretty good spirited about it because you know sn- all snark aside we we try to be funny and we try to like you know cut to the bone sometimes but i mean you know there are there are some times when i gotta you know we gotta eat our humble pie at, at, as well and that being said i i don't know how to honestly take feedback on certain things and that i've never really followed up on the comments or anything on my articles uh except i did see the one that uh said that was the valley of sin not the valley of despair you ignoramus you because ignoramus. it was kind of Rokop, me ignoram i i uh yeah. Ignoramus, wouldn't we? I uh, <laughs> I feel especially bad because um he's right. I put I typed it down there and that was after checking two different sources and really staring at the screen at least 16 minutes with one eyeball saying, "Okay, I will type this, but it doesn't seem right." And and but at the same time, I've I've chirped a lot of people on Twitter. I mean, Hampton Inns is not by Hilton is not too happy with me. Uh I'm I'm cool with all the golf and sports uh, media people out there except Jason Sobel. He doesn't know my real name, but uh, he does not like me. And uh, I understand. Like I, we're cool. I'd say we'd be cool now, but yeah, I I'm not going back on some things I said. And, and he was pretty stupid too. So but that's just that's just me.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. So far, <laughs> I'm mean, yet to get blocked. I think by anyone on Twitter.
0: Do you know if you get blocked? Does it say no? You get, like, no, you have to go
1: back to their account.
0: Well, see, I don't go to people's accounts. Like, Let's just say like, I'm picking a name, like James Woods blocks me or whatever. Like, Every time I type his name to put it in a tweet, and then I'll just like fill in whatever after the tweet. But you know what? You might have to experimentally block me like, with like, your so personal we page. Just, it out. just so I can so know. Because I mean, it does make sense. Like, if I get if you go to their page, it'll say so-and-so has blocked you. But if you're just typing in the, in the Twitter field their name, and then whatever you want after that, and hitting send unless it pings back at you saying you're blocked, you have no way of knowing. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's I'm assuming. I mean, that's why I like Twitter so much. It's just like a boilerplate, bare-bones version of uh, social media. I mean, I got my first Twitter account literally back like, oh, God. Just got out of service. In the OG days? It was fall 2009. Yeah, because I remember it was NFL Sunday. Jeez. Uh, I just woke up at this girl's house. She was really hungover, so she stayed in bed. And I found a pot brownie, and I'd never had a pot brownie before, and it was like 8 a.m., and from 8 a.m. to noon, I was whoo I was like pan from the pixie forest. I was dancing around, I was having a great time.
1: Alright, we still got our one-minute weed segment this time around. We're back <laughs> on.
0: Hey, like, it's the 21st century. We just, we, I just won't uh, ramble and rant uh, tangentially. That's all. It doesn't matter what the topic is. It's just it's just the directions. <laughs> So, um, anything you want to get into before we get into, uh, we have some uh, picks here. We got some interesting info on TPC Sawgrass in California, no, I almost said California, in Florida, California, Florida.
1: Ponte Vedra. Florida,
0: California. Ponte Vedra. Well, I was about to stupidly say Sawgrass, Florida. I'm like, I know it's not Sawgrass, but I'm just going to call it Sawgrass. Yeah,
1: I guess. Let's get right to it. So,
0: they're really I by definition I like to pick the long shots or whatever and I love me some Matt Coocher, but I hate to say it, he's the like the this is a star-studded field. He's the longest shot at 40 to one. And I I don't know. I mean, depending on who you look at, some people call it fifty to one, but Cooch is playing he's already got two wins a season. Regardless of the L two can Sam thing or whatever, I don't care. The guy who has one of the most one-dimensional physical approaches to the game of golf and he's in his mid-40s and everything just screams dad minivan about him. He, His swing speed is up. I haven't even looked at the numbers. I'm just watching him. He's taking some mad swipes at the ball and he's playing some hot golf. And, and spoiler alert, he could be one of my headliners for completing my best player without a major title because he could still win one. Um, and we can get into how he should have won in Burkdale in 2015, but Jordan Spieth took a 45-minute drop and that gave Kucher arthritis sitting there in the fairway while he was taking a knee. So I mean Kucher was on a roll. And 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 Speed's gonna win more majors, but Matt Kucher's the long shot. Other than that, I, I know you and I like Xander Shoffley at twenty eight to one. That guy's a bulldog. I yeah. love Xander Shoffley. I, I almost wanna I haven't picked him for anything yet. I haven't even mentioned him for really anything yet, but I always want to because I don't want to like make it obvious. You know, he always does maybe, it.
1: He, He's top fifteen every single week, I think five for the last six. The guys just the guys just nails. I mean, yeah, wins. I
0: really, I really, really wanted him to be make the Ryder Cup team. And God bless Tony Finau because that guy was a warrior for us and did great things and totally threw a fire blanket over Fleetwood. I mean, and kept him from having a perfect Ryder Cup. I mean, that was that was fun waking up and seeing that like oh, Finau beating Fleetwood six and five. Thank you. Someone finally beat him. Well, it's like these two kids robbed our store, our Molinari and Fleetwood, and as they're running down the street, we have a wrench, and we can only throw it and knock one of them down, and we hit Fleetwood like, all right, we got one of the little shits. Because, because even though we were on the brink of losing the Ryder Cup for America in, like, six different matches, right when Phil tugged one into the water, like, as soon as, like, the second ripple had dispersed, I don't even think the ball had been in contact with the water yet. He already had his hat off, and was sh- shaking Molinari's hand, which was the official moment we lost the Ryder Cup. And more so... Made Molinari like the golfer of the year, winning the Open Championship and going five and zero in the Ryder Cup. Sue, that's sexy. Five and zero. Well, excuse me, five zero and zero. Five whole points. I mean, with no negative margin. Oh my god, that's and the guy just plays. Why we're not picking him for Molinari for every major gets me. I mean, that guy ha- – for majors, I mean, because the guy is great at scrambling. That guy is – and that's what you need is, like, pars getting up and down, not always hitting your target every single time, but just being gritty. And that schlubby little, like, Guido is gritty.
1: <laughs> yeah. U.S. Open. The U.S. Open coming up might fit his game pretty well.
0: Uh, well, uh, yeah, it could. I-, I feel like his game really suits anywhere. It's- it's- he's not terribly long, but he keeps getting longer. It- honestly, that switch to Callaway, and I've hit one of that big flashes. It's a tremendous driver. That can only help his game. I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, anywho, um, but, but back to Xander Shoffley He's a, uh, this guy's a bulldog. I mean, that I, you just can't count him out. He's a creative shot maker. He seems to be like thinking of new stuff each time. And, uh, and he, he is so young, yet he looks like a 40 year old insurance salesman from Honolulu. I mean, he just, he looks wow, like he does a middle aged Hawaiian. He does. He looks like a middle aged Hawaiian man. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he just walked there. He might want to move
0: there. He looks so mild mannered and mature. I mean, and, and then he gets out there on the course and he's just a fighter pilot. I mean, I love him. Um, so I like, I'll, I'll tell you who I like and then I'll tell you who my favorite is. And it's not an obvious uh, in terms of, or like, definitely. The front runner. I'm just. I'm just not going to go against my uh, my information on this one. But Justin Thomas is really standing out to me in this one because he's got a very tall left and right game that can really work there. And you just when he when when somebody wants it, who's better? I mean, than say for Ian Poulter when it's just like I swear to God, like you put a gun to Justin Thomas's head and say hit this shot, he'll do it. It's just he has to put himself in that situation. Same thing happened to Poulter when they said he was going to lose his tour card. All of a sudden, the guy started hitting it out of the trees to within inches of the cup repeatedly. It's just like, this is the, this is some focus, man. It's within you. I mean, but, uh, but ultimately I got to go with my man, my favorite current golfer, not favorite golfer of all time, but favorite current golfer, Dustin
1: Johnson. I don't hate that. You can't bet against him. I think he's number two in the world now. Basically he's I don't know up what there is tr- every week.
0: I'm not sure what his track record is at Sawgrass, but I just know that if anyone's putting above average in this star-studded field, they're going to be the ones to take it. I mean, it's the Florida course. It's made out of shoeboxes. There's lots of sand, lots of water. It's not that not none of these courses are really long.
1: So, yes, yeah, so I, I guess, don't think
0: Tiger's going to finish in the top ten, though.
1: Oh, we'll I don't get think he there. Will. We'll get to some mm. Tiger talk because we know people want it. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> so I guess my pick, which my long shot pick based around the fact that there is a lot of water and it's not too long, is Henrik Stenson. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Stenson. So he's actually, he crushes his three wood. We know he loves to hit that. He might not hit driver all week. He won here 10 years ago. And he's starting to heat up. He had a 17th last week. You know, He hasn't had a great year, but if you want one of those long shots, I think he's worth a shot.
0: Do you, uh, I don't have it in front of me here written down. Do you know what his, uh, what his odds are at the time, or were you, what were you looking at there?
1: I guess they're around 50-1. to 1.
0: Hey, that's not bad. That's a, that's a pretty good neighborhood. That's definitely uh, that's definitely fair. We certainly haven't heard from him in about three years and a lot of change ever since he and uh, Philly Mick duked it out uh, in uh, the Open Championship that year. I regrettably missed every single shot of that Open. I was in Hawaii with my girlfriend, and I woke up that morning at like 7.55 local time, and I turned on the TV to be like, all right, last round of the British Open. And it was right when they were taking their hats off and shaking hands, and I didn't even see the score. I'm just like, oh, we missed it. And then they showed it was like the two rounds. I'm just like, oh, 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 oh. That's fair, though. I catch a lot of good moments in sports. I also miss a lot. Like when Phil swatted his putt back at the US Open uh, recently, I actually saw that like right when I turned that on. That happened 10 seconds after I turned on the TV. Like I, I'm, I got that kind of juju or whatever, but I don't
1: know. Wow, I'm good, by the way. Guessed it? Spot on, 50 to 1. Well, maybe you should... I could be a bookmaker. You, you lay two bucks down on that 50 to
0: 1, and your year's paid off in terms of playing the Kino numbers. Yeah, I is swear it a to Canadian
1: God. or American I'm putting down? Oh, do you know what the, do you know what the, uh, the exchange rate is? Two Canadians, about uh, two americans about three canadian
0: oh see nobody can just do the straight
1: two to one one to two no. god forbid i
0: mean and if it's japan it's like a million to one
1: at one point <laughs> it's like are, a million real shame well shucks and then real I guess, shame. uh we'll go to my my pick to win although everyone's against him after uh all his top fives and not being able to putt in the final round i'm gonna go with rory
0: I, if I didn't pick Patrick Reed or uh, Keegan Bradley last week, Rory was definitely in my crosshairs too. I mean, I was really surprised not to see his name amongst the top names last week. And then I scroll down on my app and finally I just see like everyone's like under par, under par, under par, under par. And then there's this big fat E. And I'm just like, who's the who didn't break bar? And it was Rory. And I just, I didn't even look anything up after that. I just rolled my eyes. I'm like, heaven forbid, Rory. I mean, I just didn't know what to, I mean, oh, the poor lad.
1: Yeah, we're going to need Craig to judge you on that Irish accent. See how it did. So. He's,
0: a, uh, he's, he's a Kiwi. And I don't think a lot of my Australian friends would appreciate uh, me being associated with a Kiwi and, and vice versa, I'm sure.
1: But <laughs> yeah, he speaks to a lot <laughs> of Irish people, though. So I guess now's my perfect segue into my fun fact of Rory and why he's going to win, because we all know it. As we know, he's the number (laughs) six player in the world, and his last six tournaments, he's come top six. So I think he has it.
0: You heard it here first, folks. The red pick, with all the numbers on the board adding up to 666. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's some
1: bad <laughs> number, though. We're not really just
0: Ben. <laughs> yeah. Ex-
1: if we were, we it's, wouldn't be picking hey, Rory.
0: You know what? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Sawgrass is great. What do we got right after Sawgrass? Uh, what's what's our next term after that?
1: Because... The Valspar.
0: That's right. Yeah, Valspar. It's, um, gosh... They're moving Sawgrass up to um, – it's up two months now, which I've seen the numbers. It's very, very skewed. It's like at least a five-stroke – the winner is a five-stroke lower on average winning uh, uh, overall. And uh, the the winner was average uh, never being double digits under par on average. I mean, so that should be another thing to uh, look for a line for out there for anyone is the – If there's something that could push, the winner maybe being 10 under par, I don't know. Phil seems to like the course. He said it's playing short and soft, but soft doesn't mean,
1: you know, it can be advantageous for
0: people to go low, so it could be. I don't mean
1: Yeah, so should we give your (sighs) quick thoughts on Tiger? Because I know people want to hear it.
0: Tiger Woods is, uh, he's a great man. Um, No, I uh, I know there's really, there's... There's always really, – well, he's the – I've heard he's the de facto mayor of Jupiter, Florida, um, which is ironic because he's from California. But he knew how much money he was going to make and how the taxes are in Florida, so I don't blame him. He uh, – this whole um, – the no, first and foremost, I feel like I'm, I'm one of those, like, bipartisan Tiger supporters or, like, a Trump apologist or something like that where he – you know how there's the Tiger fans and the people who root against him? I'm right in between where it's like I'm not a Tiger man – but I've never rooted against the guy because I love what he's done for the game. In my lifetime, nobody's done it. He was our, He's our Arnold Palmer yeah, in terms of growing the game. Him. And, I mean, yeah, I, I was a freshman in high school when he won his second major in 1999. Um, and by the time I was leaving high school in 2003, that, he was like, the t- like 99 to 2004 was like the greatest five-year stretch of any professional athlete ever. And I was like just obsessed with golf and watching it growing up and whatnot, but tiger his neck is okay it's absolutely okay i'm happy he definitely went back to a uh, rub and tug place or something like that to cover something up i mean he's you know evidently been... i heard bob craft wasn't the biggest name that was on that list and uh, whether we hear what the bigger name is or not uh honestly if it's consensual who
1: gives a shit <laughs> yeah, i think we <laughs> yes. all know i think we can all guess who it is
0: well look so long as if it, it wasn't that well, I don't want to call her a heifer. I don't. I never saw a picture of her, but she was a manager at a Friendlies, and I don't know if you know what a Friendlies is. Of but course, it makes. It, okay, we'll see. Because in America, Friendlies is more of like an East Coast thing, not a West Coast thing. Like we have a lot of like the Mississippi River divides us on. There's Carl's Jr. and Hardee's. It's the same damn star, like same promotions and everything. But somewhere in the middle of the country, it switches. And I'll admit, the Hardee's beef tastes worse, but that's just me. Um, but this whole. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously joking, uh, but it is uh, interesting that Tiger all of a sudden uh, withdraws from a tournament and hot-foots it back to Jupiter, Florida, right when a whole lot of businesses are getting boarded up and shredding their paper shredders and then shredding the paper shredders. I mean...
1: <laughs> He's got to figure it out. has got business <laughs> to tend to.
0: Well, you know, it's just uh, just sweet relief, or release, or both, either or.
1: Yeah, so where do you have him this week? Give us a... It's.
0: I got him. I got him doing pretty good, but it's he's not in the top ten. He's just not in the top ten for me. I could see maybe top fifteen, possibly. I don't want to. I don't want to really put too much of a bracket on it because last time I picked something that's closely, I didn't get paid off. In that, when uh, in the Tiger Woods Mickelson match, I was watching uh, with my boy Cooper, and we had uh, we each had twenty dollars in ones, and we were just making bets constantly back and forth. And on the very first hole. I said, well to start things off, he said, like, I got tiger. I'm like, well, I guess I got Phil then. So you gotta give me two to one at least. You know, I'm like, come on, work with me here. And he was just a stick in the mud. And on the very first hole, I said, I bet you Phil hits it within ten feet. And he's like, I bet you he hits it within seven feet. And I'm just like, So hold on. I'm predicting for him to hit it close, but not really close. I mean, and not far away. And so I'm pretty you should be paying me off 25 to 1, sucker. Sure, lo and behold, Phil Mickelson hit it to like nine feet, one inch. And I just looked at it. I wanted to punch him in the side of the head so hard. I mean, and punch myself. But, I mean, so I I don't want to call it like this, but it's like I see Tiger finishing in the top 11 to top 15, really. I mean, I I still want to see him play four rounds healthy. I want to see him play several tournaments in a row healthy. I want to see him make cuts. That's about it. We know he has the potential to win between uh, his surging up at the Open Championship last year and the Tour Championship itself. We know it's within Tiger. I certainly have always been an advocate of saying, will he win another major? Yes. Will he win any more after that? Probably not. That's just my take on it, though. What about you?
1: Yeah, so I sort of consider Tiger as one of the 15 best players in the world. I don't think he's going back to his 10-win seasons, you know, where he's winning every second tournament. But I think he has as good a chance as basically anyone to win. Maybe not JT or DJ. But I think you could put him up there with, like, the Molinaries, the Fleetwoods of guys who, if he puts it all together, he could definitely beat anyone, you know? He put himself in contention every week.
0: <clears throat> oh, for sure. Uh, that Tiger is the king of, and we've seen it, where it's just, like, just being right there. Like, being, like, you just have to, like, be on the perimeter, just ready to strike, and then uh, and, and just cruising there with that 65 or that 66. He's just been playing so conservative,
1: though. I don't see him well, shooting at 65. I would, like I would 65. too.
0: Man, he must be, like... I bet you ever since, like, this whole... And by scandal broke, I don't mean the Elon thing. Because, let's, let's be honest. And <laughs> just personally, for me, any dude who gets caught but with his chick, like, or screwing around or whatever, and she takes it out on him. As long as it doesn't hurt me or my loved ones. It's funny. It's just because, it's like, yeah, you, you know, get what you deserve, prick. I mean, it's... I look stepping out is i know a lot of people who that's their thing it's not my thing in a relationship but i can sincerely say like when i see like seeing the old housewife beating the husband with the frying pan over the head like comically in the 50s or whatever while she's wearing the apron i'm just like it's just it tickles me it's just like oh yeah you came home drunk again frank or oh you found out about your secretary bob i mean yeah we're tiger
1: <laughs> golf fans we're not tiger personal life fans we don't care well, so
0: I would say, when was it when we saw his DUI picture a couple years ago? That was like, uh, what year? What That was winter time or something when we like saw 2017. him all... Yeah, it was a couple years ago. So, like, we saw him all bloated. He was saying he was in California or Florida when he was in the other state that he was actually in or whatever. That, to me, is the scandal break. Not Tiger cheating on his wife with a bunch of chicks because, guess what? Michael Jordan is a lucky bitch that he wasn't really around the limelight anymore when we all started to get these little cell phones in our pocket and then these little cell phones got little cameras on them and then these little cameras and these little cell phones got connected a little itty bitty internet and then next thing you know nothing's private anymore tiger woods was the last bastion of somebody who carried an, a fully armed entourage that could not be pierced and you can never know and i hate to say it because i'm kind of an old-fashioned like that i liked it because i liked still seeing one guy not getting away with it but still it's like when i heard God bless Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner were splitting up because he drinks too much and gambles too much. I'm just like, what year is it? This that's charming. I know it's not healthy or whatever, but I just look at it like of all the things you could be into, or all the dangerous, terrible things you could be doing to yourself or your family. Oh, he just gambles too much and drinks too much? How 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 delightful. I'm just like (laughs) that's uh,
1: the e-news headliner. (laughs) TMZ reporting. So
0: but uh so so when we saw Tiger sitting there looking like a pumpkin Like, I mean, um, like with that mugshot, however, I thought I'm like, that was when I sat around and looked at everybody, like all the Tiger fans in the room. I was just like, guys, this is we should put on our black suits and prepare for the funeral here in a week. Not literally, but we're never we're never going to see Tiger like in the winner's circle again. And he pressed pressed so damn hard and got to it last year. But I mean, it exhausted him. You saw it at the Ryder Cup, the poor bastard. I mean, it's just not his fault. He pressed really hard, and I'm really glad he can still muster that up. But, I mean, at the cost of what? I want to see him shoot four 70s in a row for a month of tournaments. I want to see him, like, hit a lot of golf balls and hit the gym still and just not even have, even if it's just a week or a rumor or not even true or anything about his neck. I mean, no news is better news when it comes to health, obviously. So
1: Yeah, and I guess it's like you say. Everyone, whether you like him or you hate him, you got to respect how good he is for the sport. Oh, he draws all the attention.
0: There, there. I what I like about this day and age is there isn't much hate for Tiger at all because I don't like to, I don't want to say he's not like a threat to win or anything. And and if people say he garners or clamors or gains or gets too much attention, that actually helps in golf for a lot of guys. Where it's just like, oh yeah, all the attention's on him for them to go <clears throat> perform as such. That being said, uh, I just. I don't know. I lost my train of thought, officially. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so should we move on from Tiger and get to the questions?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm a Tiger apologist. I I, I support him, but I'm not a... <clears throat> I rag on him a lot, but I mean, nobody really nobody really hates him. Like, people who maybe hated him back in the day might have been like, that might have been racism actually showing in them on accident. But ultimately, if you're in the golf industry whatsoever, that, that's like being in the Catholic priesthood and like bitching about God, like but like like just a little bit. It's like you can't do that. It, it, it just, it, you're not going to get smolten, or it's not like God is literally providing your living because it's not like He's the one putting that coin in your pocket. Other people are putting their coins in your pocket, but he. But it's like you can't, you can't bash Tiger. What do you get out of bashing Tiger?
1: Yeah.
0: When Tiger does good, we all do good. Yeah,
1: he brings all so, the money.
0: Yeah, I'm all for them I just letting
1: see... him win one. <clears throat>
0: I want to see him... Okay, well, here's a question for you real quick. Uh, this is kind of like a Tiger and Phil question. This, I have this more geared around Phil, but it can apply to Tiger, too. I've asked a few people, do you see Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson ever, ever teeing it up in a senior... I'm going to call it a quote, senior tour event, the Champions Tour? I say hard no. I Why would Phil. they ever... Te- I even thought about... See, I thought about this uh, question thinking of Phil... Singularly in mind, and I thought there's no way. And if Phil thinks he can compete, he will be on or try to be on the PJ Tour or ceremoniously, like Sam Sneed or whatever. But w- there is nothing, nothing, nothing to gain for either one of them to tee it up in the Champions Tour. Champions Tour is everything in the game, but those two, I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I can just see I can, can see, just the, I can see them competing till they're
0: 55. They can compete till they're 55 on PJ Tour. The Champions Tour. No, there's no point. There's it's Jerry Seinfeld and say, no point, no point.
1: Yeah, Tiger, I see no no way he wants to compete on the Champions Tour. But you know, Phil, maybe sixty, realizes he can't compete at all.
0: I could no. Well, that's the thing. Phil will quit. I, I know him. I've been around him a lot. I wouldn't say I know him personally. Like we're not on a first name basis. But I mean, I've been around him a lot. That I've seen a lot of his attitude and his mannerisms. And he's a sweet dude, but knows his limitations and he knows reality, but he also knows that there, you can raise your limitations. Like he's starting to do the Tom Brady thing with that the whole, like, you know, they had the recipe for that. Like walking around drinking, uh, like at the putting green before every tournament or whatever. And he even like posted the recipe. It's just like, yeah, he's trying to reinvigorate his body. He's probably drinking less. Like I mean, no strawberries, just all sorts of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Those seeds will get you. <clears throat> Anywho. So, that was it. Let's uh, let's wrap that up on the sawgrass uh, talk. I want to get to a few of these questions here real quick for our uh, fans here. Like I said, I got one from a friend of mine on Facebook. It's more of a medical question, but uh, while you're pulling up your question, I'll address it real quick. Uh, on Facebook, my friend Kenny Campbell, fellow I served with out in Baltimore at the uh, Coast Guard Yard. I was in the United States Coast Guard for six years. Sorry, there was the abbreviated bio before. And he and I had the pleasure of being stationed out in Baltimore together, and now he's a Baltimore City police officer, and I know how rough that is. So God bless you, <clears throat> buddy. I used to drive by headquarters a lot living on Baltimore Street, and that is, um, that is a, a, a hellhole of a place to work and live in. And that was before all the riots. That was like 12 years ago. But his son, and if it's his son Camden, how you doing, Cam? He broke his left arm and he's a righty golfer and evidently he had some uh, issues with the recovery and nerve damage. So he, uh, so it's, uh, the, the, uh, the healing process is not going as, um, as they were hoping and, uh, disclaimer, we're obviously not medical professionals and clearly I'm not even very much of a verbist, even though I like to talk, I'd like to drive my car. It doesn't mean I'm in NASCAR, uh, I would say really the things you can do is what I would tell a lot of our um, our because uh, you were asking about one-arm drills. That's really tough to have a one-arm drills uh, for a young kid. I would say just keep practicing short game. That's what anyone can do when you're like stuck in the wintertime and you're ready to knock off that uh, cabin fever rust and play some golf like our intrepid editor-in-chief here up in Canada. If you really have a way to keep practicing chipping, with a putting motion or practicing your putting motion, which you can certainly do one handed. And that actually is better for you. And whether practicing or literal application out on the course, um, it's just good to stay sharp. I mean, it's it's like, if you like riding your bike nine months of the year, those other three months have a stationary bike in your garage, just because of the weather. It's literally the same exact thing. It it keeps your mind and your muscles caught up and in parallel. Uh, Zach, what do you got for a question? You got, you said you got a, so we, I had two, we got on Twitter. And then because we had an extra day, we got a reload of another question. So what do you got over there?
1: So I got a question from Matthew McCaution, at Matthew McCaution. So he said he was wondering if we could talk about the the hardest collapse to rewatch in major history. For him, it was Phil and Wingfoot.
0: Yeah, that was... And it's, we have—I hate to say—we kind of have the benefit of hindsight that makes me feel more somber about that. Almost to be like, like it almost that that U.S. Open at Wingfoot was felt like a funeral then, and it still feels like a funeral now. Where it's just kind of like, Jesus, is this going to be what feels one ghost you can't capture and vaporize and put into the big like uh, trap in the basement of the Ghostbusters place? No, I, 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 the U.S. Open's my favorite tournament. It's the sexiest looking trophy I have of them all you have to beat the toughest course in the craziest conditions. I mean, it's just, it's, it's always been my favorite kind of crazy that it's the one that like might Phil might never get. I was also on record as saying Phil will never, ever, ever, ever win an open championship before. And he won one and damn near won another. I mean, and he's been playing a lot better there, but, uh, what, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Phil and or what's your favorite, uh, I hate to use these words consecutively in a sentence, what's your favorite meltdown, Zachary Penser? what would say <laughs> you?
1: So I would go with uh, something a bit more recent. It would be the 2010 PGA Championship at Whistling Straits. That was where DJ, <clears throat> as many people famously know, hit his drive into some dirt that it seemed like. All the fans circled it. He hit out of it put his club down, and then after signing his scorecard, found out that that was a bunker, and he had a two-stroke penalty, which cost him a spot in the playoff.
0: Yeah, I was I was at a Tom Petty concert when that happened, and I remember kind of catching it on my phone, and uh, that was very, 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 very... I'm glad I wasn't watching, because I probably would have gotten very physically violent yeah, with like the, a, the, the inanimate objects composure. in the room. Well, but, that, but that's it. But that's DJ, though. Like, I have it on good authority that the only time DJ has ever really showed emotion ever was the very next morning after 2015 U.S. Open in Chambers Bay. After a three-wiggled the last green to not be in the playoff and not win the U.S. Open from Justin Spieth. That could uh, be another excuse one. Me, from Jordan Spieth. Yeah, well, that's—Meltdown is, I think, more of a bigger thing. But, uh, but DJ's on the record the very next morning. He was going to play golf with a friend— And he put his clubs in the trunk and closed the trunk lid and said to his friend, he's like, he's like, man, did I play good yesterday or what? Shit. And then he got in the car and left. And on the record to, from all his friends and everyone in his close cabal and circle or whatever, that's the only time he's ever talked about anything that hasn't happened. Like anything that's happened yesterday or golf related or whatever. And his thought was, he just kind of like would smack you on the ass and be like, Oh man, that was close. That was his approach. I mean, yeah. When he opens his mouth, that was it. And another reason why I love him. But, uh, for me I almost wanted to say John Daly's 18 at the 6th hole at Bay Hill. Did you happen to catch any you run many highlights of I was just this?
1: rewatching those highlights. You hadn't even mentioned it, that to me before. It's funny though. I didn't know. It came up on YouTube and I started rewatching that. That's something. His, like 18 it's, drives in the water.
0: Well, first of all, it was the one drive which when you look at the line it's like I could see his dumbass, yeah thinking he could make it. And it didn't almost, but whatever. Then he proceeds to put like half a dozen three woods. Like he goes like up one tee box and puts half a dozen three woods almost on land, but in the water. And then finally, when he gets up the fairway, his like five iron hits off a rock yeah. and somehow barely stays on the green. That's my favorite part of it. So he should have had like. <laughs> he almost a started one. again.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, and then he said that was the only ball he had left in his bag.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's but amazing. anyways,
0: I would have to say my meltdown favorite meltdown would have to be Jean Van de Velde in the nineteen ninety nine. Open Championship because, you know, God bless you, Paul Lowry, but uh, his meltdown is the only thing that ever... I mean, Paul Lowry has a foundation now. He helps kids or whatever, but it's the only thing Paul Lowry has ever happened in his career. Is John Vandeveld took an eight on a hole, but he just needed a seven. (laughs) I mean, it was a great hole. He was playing with Craig Perry, who got like... Who holed out from the bunker for a birdie to finish one shot out of the playoff or whatever. I mean, it was just... And Velde was just this like swashbuckling Frenchman who just was hitting his drives, just like all kind of all over the place, but he, he was hitting them good. And I'll admit when, when you're in the conditions of the majors and it's funny because Netflix right now, as you and I were discussing earlier, has that document, the mini doc series on losers or whatever. And they had lots of like artist rendering and stenciling or whatever for all the golf scenes. And then they did have the regular interviews. I, and I kept looking at my girlfriend saying, you just go to YouTube and find all this. Like, without interruption. like This was shot with zillions of cameras yeah, and this the footage like, is not illegal to
1: access. Like,
0: it's not super copyrighted by MLB or anything. But that being said, um, I, uh, I, I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I'm watching and like the, when he's in the grass there, right, the one where he hits the uh, shot into the water, part of me is just thinking, like, come on, be a man. The grass can't be that bad or you take a drop. I have never met a lie I haven't liked. Like, that's one of the things I like about playing at all our courses at man dunes is there's lots of bunkers. I start to kind of like it if you get in the bunkers, because if so long as you have a line at the hole or the lip isn't too high, you get to just wail at that pill. You I just, you just get a swing away at it. So Vandevelde just like the wheels came off. I mean, and, 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 and Paul Lowry's the luckiest, luckiest SOB in golf or whatever. But, and I wouldn't say I wouldn't qualify the Greg Norman, um, Nick Faldo masters and I think it was 93 because wall Norman fell back several shots. Faldo was storming up pretty good too. Like that was, he kind of had the tiger and they just both happened to be in the same group and it was ugly. So, um, yeah, it's the 1999 open championship. We're coming up on the 20 year 20th anniversary of it. So I'm sure we're going to be hearing about that a lot. Come uh, TV time, but the, but the euros or the Brits or whatever you want to call them. Sorry. Yanks. I'll call you Yanks. Uh, they might have more tact, and they might not talk about it as much. So, anywho, I got a couple questions here. Uh, one of them, we can uh, we can both uh, uh, kip about for a second. Then one of them is more caddy oriented, and a really good question. But this one comes from, and I apologize if I butcher the uh, names here at all. I won't spell too many, but it's from Emlyn O'Reilly, and the Twitter handle is at Riley Emlyn. And we said, uh, what would you like us to talk about? Or we got a question for us. And they said some of the new rule changes and how the pros can't even get them right. I'm sure we're mostly talking about a la senior Ricardo Fowler, who I mean, it's it's even the caddies like getting busted for standing behind their golfers. I I just chalk it up to like the flagstick thing or dropping the ball from your shoulder. It's muscle memory. These are the growing pains we're going to see for the first year or two people just making mistakes. I see it casually at the resort every day and we see it on the PGA Tour every day. So, I mean, I, I cut them some slack. I, we can go off about the new rule changes and how there should be different sets of rule changes and how it's meant to speed up the game, but it's really not going to speed up the part of the game that we're paying attention to. But what say you?
1: Yeah, so I think Ricky's clearly getting screwed by it. Maybe as you mentioned before, about it's just that he's on TV all the time, so it seems like, or maybe he needs to pay him.
0: more attention. Hello, Ricky. There's 140 other dudes who clearly aren't doing this every week. Yeah, exactly. Or, or, or anybody else who's like messing up. I mean,
1: but I think it's I turning it into a circus now. With uh, the players are going after like Justin Thomas is going after the USGA for not booking him for some appointment. It didn't.
0: Oh well no, that's 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 more so the USGA. I think whoever was running their Twitter account that day, it was their first day on the job and maybe their first their day, day in Twitter or something. Well, they might be on probation right now. They might be at home on like early paid leave or something or whatever, but uh, but that being said, like the USGA essentially just came out and said something and Justin Thomas like kind of looked around and was like, No, that didn't happen at all whatsoever. And the USGA has kind of recanted, and they both talked since then. But it's just kind of like – it was like a blatant – they didn't – it's like this uh, AOC stuff that uh, Cortez chick or whatever. It's like she's got some really stupid tweets out there that she hasn't deleted that are like very, very, very like – I'm not the best grammatically, but she's factually incorrect on casual analogies. Like I am, except I'm not a politician. I'm just some dickhead talking on top of my dryer here. I mean <laughs>
1: – Yeah, but I'd say I also like the uh... – The flag rule, I like it because you got a lot of casual players. I feel like it's definitely faster when I'm out there. People are leaving it in. And honestly, it makes a little difference when you can't make a putt over uh, 10 feet. I think it makes no difference for me. And that is something
0: a lot of people also don't understand. I apologize. It's starting to rain really hard outside if it's coming over the mics. But um, he – the. The flagstick being in, like, it it really depends on what the flagstick's made out of. And places like Bandon Dune's Golf Resort and Augusta National or whatever, those metal flags, metal flags, it's not good when you hit the stick. It is not good. Like, it it, It pops back out. Because when you hit a fiberglass stick, yeah, when you hit a fiberglass stick, there's a certain amount of deadening of the inertia and the momentum that kind of just, like, everyone needs to get off Bryson DeChambeau's sack. Because the reason why anyone hates him is because he just thought of it before you did. That's all.
1: Oh, for sure. Case in point,
0: when he was in the Ryder Cup, when he was spritzing his range balls with uh with water to simulate dew, yeah. half the Twitter sphere blew up because they're just like, "Oh, look at this guy! Look at this guy!" I'm like, "What do you get upset about? You're just mad because we haven't done that. You didn't think to do that first. You weren't curious enough." It's not that he's a brainiac; he just is doing stuff. Yeah, That's realizes all. he's and when making him, millions. When I saw shot. him use the compass on the green book, I was just like. Oh, that's a brilliant idea. I I don't know how you'd use a compass, but I never thought to use a compass. Good on you, Bryson. And a week later, it's illegalized. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? I mean, it's turning into the NFL No Fun League, the PGA Tour. I mean, or is this just us in this day and age having to bitch about something? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I respect it, finding any, any edge you could.
0: So uh we're gonna we're almost up to an hour here, so I'm gonna wrap this up with uh one last uh Twitter question. This one is specifically I I guess not for me, just because I'm the only caddy here who's on the podcast currently, but uh this subject is uh from the chairman at Bunker National, and it's how to break the ice with a caddy when you've never used one. You know, just be it, it's kinda like it's like picking up a stray dog. No, not a stray dog, excuse me, like a, a rescue Way to dog put or yourself
1: whatever.
0: No, that, that was an accident. <laughs> it's going to get better, trust me. It can only get better from a stray dog. And trust me, if you've seen half the guys I work with, that's not too ill-fitting. But, uh, Jerry Wu,
1: bio, it, it, once called himself a stray dog. <laughs> it's like it's like getting a rescue
0: dog where it's just like, well, yeah, it's going to be an introduction and tentative and awkward or whatever, but the more casual and comfortable you are, the better it is. Honestly, I would say from my perspective, there are a lot of good caddies who could figure out how what we're going to have a level of fun with the golf or whatever. The quicker we can figure out your level of sense of humor, whether it's like, do you curse, do you smoke, do you like know like, like quote a lot of movies or whatever? We can get bumping right off the bat. That's pretty much it. But um it's I don't want to say like, oh, you think you're nervous getting a caddy for the first time. I mean, they could be feeling it the same way. It's like it's works both ways. Yeah, kind of sorta. But uh but but yeah, I highly encourage anyone, if there's ever a caddy at a course or a resort or wherever you're playing, you don't have to get one from every round just get one for at least one round that's it's it's worth it's part of the experience especially considering at band golf resort out of all the staff there in the resort us caddies are the only ones who are with the guests and customers like your waiter isn't standing next to you for five hours like you're the, the major d the concierge front desk pro shop the pros the shuttle drivers everyone's with you in these tiny little bits but if you get the caddy yeah, you might get a stupid caddy or whatever, but it's like, you might just, you know, you could get like some weird local dude like me or whatever. And just like, you could have good stories, you know, whatever. It's just, it's worth the experience. It's more than just somebody carrying your bag. It's and my favorite part about being a caddy, honestly, is just telling people where to hit it when they wouldn't think that's where you're supposed to. But then technically my job's done after that. Next time you come back, if that's what my most valuable asset is, you don't need me anymore if you remember. But I mean, it becomes an experience. Like my, like my boy, uh, brian uh brian Trowbridge shout out he's a sweet dude i got him randomly for a job late december it was the third time he came in the month of december and it was funny like out of 12 caddies he just requested me and this other uh this girl caddy yes they exist and um like ever since they've been coming back he keeps requesting me like i'm like working for him and his dad when they come to town he's hooking me up with a sweet jones golf bag with uh with um uh, Putt Bateman stitched on the side of it, which is a takeoff of Pat Bateman because he thinks I look like Christian Bale from American Psycho. So, like on the second tee, he's just like, "Dude, my caddy looks like Christian Bale from American Psycho." He's, he's like taking pictures and stuff, and the other golfer in the group's like saying, "Say I'm Batman" and things like that. And uh, but uh, but I like the guy because he. Uh, I get, somebody, I'll make this quick. Somebody got to me early and the girl caddy, and she told me uh, her name's uh, uh, A.K. and she said, um, "Oh, he's a plus two handicap." And he mostly reads his own putts, and I'm just like, oh, nice. So, for the first six holes, I just sat back and I proceeded to watch him get three birdies, two pars, and a bogey. And after the sixth hole, we're walking up the green, he smacks me on the ass really hard. He's like, man, we're reading these putts good. And I'm just like, <laughs>
1: that's amazing. Yeah, we sure are. <laughs> you were crushing it.
0: And then we just broke out really hard from there. So, uh, so yeah, Brian Trowbridge, can't wait to see your ass again. But even though I got a picture of it on my phone because you told me these guys, there's 12 of them that came down, and they all had to get like a picture. With ghost tree in the background, all of them drop and trowel. It, it's these guys are animals. <laughs> uh, anywho, uh, so this has been tremendous. I mean, is there anything else we really need to? We covered some uh, questions. The team, like what our relationship is with uh, each other, and podcasting, tournament coming up, uh, masters around the corner. We won't get into some master stuff yet. I still need to sharpen my pencil accordingly. But um, yeah, yeah we.
1: I guess starting next week, we're going to be giving uh, more of a rundown on on the week prior's event. Since this was the first one, we decided not to give any last week's preview, or last week's recap, or not much of one. And we're going to be previewing the next week, and then we're also just going to be talking golf, talking what's going on. As Jerry (coughs) mentioned before, we're going to be coming up with some segments. We'll put in some cool music. We'll get there.
0: That's uh, as I mean, you guys have already told us a little bit on social media. We we know it's a learning curve, and uh, we just hope to stick it out long enough. You don't have to. I mean, I've tried things and not liked them. I've ditched things before too. i I I deleted and unsubscribed to Barstool Foreplay podcast, Barstool Sports mid midway through a podcast, and just like f this, done. Just <laughs> so I mean, I get it. There's there's a lot there's there's a lot of hate out there, but uh, but yeah, this is uh hopefully gonna be. Um, Nothing short of a good time for anyone who wants it to be.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I guess uh, help spread the word, people you know.
0: How can, uh, once again, how can people hear this? Uh, or what is the uh, best way to like, get subscribed? Or I know it's going to take some time, but uh, take it away, Zach.
1: So the best way to subscribe will be next week. You'll be able to go on iTunes or Spotify and subscribe to the podcast as you would any other podcast. You'll also be able to check it out on our site. We're going to have a link to play it directly there as well as the michigansportsandentertainment.com link. And then uh, we'll be posting all the new information on Twitter as well as all future articles and any other news related to the podcast or any website news.
0: Outstanding. That's terrific. And we can reach you at. I mean, I know you got your own Twitter, but we can mostly hit up Zach at from the back tees. That's uh our flagship uh, Twitter handle, and he's exactly. on there at all the right times. I mean, heck, he uh, even even I can't believe we skipped over it. you. Uh, you got press passes to um, Farmers Insurance uh, down at Tory Pines, and learning you learned a thing or two down there that I heard from you and took a different way and a good way. And that you were just telling me the average age of the press corps there, and I'm just kind of like, wow, this is all right. Somebody's got to come in and fill this void here. Like yeah, somebody under age sixty. Yeah. I mean, that's, I know that's what Barstool is doing and no laying up or whatever, but I mean, it's like, doesn't hurt to be one of the bunch, but, uh, but yeah, Zach's always uh, Zach's on top of it. Like I want to be on top of it personally. So, uh, and usually I try and tag team with him on Twitter and you can again, follow me at Jerry Lou looper one. That's the number one at the end of the handle. And, uh, you can find all our contacts in terms of, uh, emails. If you want to hit us up on, uh, via email with questions, topic segments, ideas, fun stuff. I'm in the middle of writing a big three-piece uh, article You can already about the best player without a major. You can already find the honorable mentions uh, piece. I'm working on the internationals piece. And then the third part is going to be the Americans. And the third part's probably also going to have, essentially, who I think is really the best, or the best two players without a major, because one of them is not going to win a major, and one of them still could. So, yeah, the website is the hub.
1: Yeah, exactly. Website and Twitter, that's where everything's going on.
0: All right, folks. Well, hopefully this sounds all even and okay and not like our blooper reel of the first episode that you will get in archival footage later down the road when this thing grows much bigger.
1: Yeah, that'll be a valuable copy. So I just want to thank you guys so much. And thanks, Jerry, for hosting. And we hope you guys no. come back for episode two.
0: No, thank, thank you, Zach. This is on